0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org.
1: Having just completed his opening three-day message on divine love from his 10-day series entitled This Is Your Heavenly Father, and now with a better understanding of how deeply He loves us, Pastor Ray shares with us some of the Father's other attributes that every Christian needs to meditate on and be thankful for. He is a forgiving Father who, despite the all-too-common human condition of making mistakes, simply forgives and forgets unconditionally. Even knowing the evil intentions and motives of the human heart, and still caring deeply for us, He is an intimate Father who freely chooses to love us, no matter how many times we reject Him, and in spite of what we are. Because with love, forgiveness, and intimacy comes never-ending mercy. He is also a compassionate Father, always a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, generous beyond understanding, loving, forgiving, intimate, merciful, compassionate, and generous. What a mighty God we serve.
2: So, after being a merciful God, we we left off last week that He's a generous Father. God is a generous Father. So Matthew 7, 11, we left off there. Let's just look at this for a minute. It says, if you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? If you, being of this earthly nature, have that desire to bless your kids all the time, and even sometimes at your own expense, like I've said, uh, you know, jokingly, but some of you work 48 hours a day Did you hear what I just said? 48 hours a day. You pack two days into one because you're busting your behind trying to make a living because you have one goal in mind to make a good life for your children. You want to bless your kids. Do you think that you thought that up all on your own? Or do you think possibly that could be the thought in the mind of God that was built in to every human being? Because we are the image of God. We've been created in the image of God. So if you being just mere humans have that desire, Jesus answers and says, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? How much more? Lawrence said, always on his mind how he can bless his kids. You being of this nature, this earthly nature, understand that. How much more the infinite Father in heaven who created you and created all humanity and created all the earth and all the worlds that be, how much more will He give good gifts to those who ask? How many of you would agree with me that we just identified here that God is a really generous Father? A really generous Father. How much more will your heavenly Father give good things to the, but you've got to learn to ask. You've got to do this God's way. You've got to do it the way that God has prescribed it. You can't, you know, you can't, you can't uh, cheat. You know, we have a lot of cheaters in, in the body of Christ. People want to, they want to cheat. They want to do it their way and, and jump over God's way and God's principles and think that they're gonna end up uh, with the blood, but that's not the way it works. So how does it work? You've got to ask. It all begins by asking trusting standing in faith using your faith he said but you do that you do it god's way and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna reap the blessings of god because god is a generous father he wants to not only we, I think we talked about this one of the, last week is that he doesn't want to only meet your needs he wants to give you your desires Needs are one thing, needs are needs. I mean, I've got to pay my rent, I've got to pay my car payment, I've got to put food on the table, I I need a new refrigerator. God wants to provide that, but he wants to go beyond providing your needs. He wants to give you the desires. Desires are things that you don't necessarily need. One of my desires, you know, someday, I don't know when, but someday I've got a desire, I'd like to own a, 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 a summer home or a beach house. I just love to be able to take off and go somewhere and be alone and pray and be away from the office and and be just someday. That's a desire of my heart. I don't need it. God says, not only will he meet your needs, but he will also give you the desires of your heart. Because, you see, the bottom line to it is humans by nature are cheapskates. God ain't no cheapskate, so. You see. Now, you've got to learn to work your faith and use your faith because that's the way that we approach God. But if, if you learn how to access the things of God through faith and you learn to work your faith, then you can not only get your needs met, but also get the desires of your heart because God is concerned about that. God wants to bring you the desires of your heart because he's a generous father. Amen? So we, have, um, we looked at that verse and I don't know if we looked at... Um, there were a couple of others I want to... Psalm 68, 19... Says this, says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. Daily loads us. So every day you ought to get up getting ready to get dumped on, get a bunch of blessings dumped on you. See, most people wake up and think, Oh, who's going to dump on me today, man? Somebody's going to dump some junk on me. No, you ought to wake up and say, Hallelujah. Oh, good morning, Father. Dump some blessing on me. Load me down with your blessing because He's a generous Father. Yes, and that's what he wants to do. Psalm 84, 11 and 12 says this, says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Listen, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You walk uprightly and God's going to bless your life. You walk uprightly and there's no good thing that God will withhold from you because he's not a withholder. He's a blesser. He's a generous God. There's some people that have a hard time with this prosperity teaching. Well, listen, because I've heard people say, well, I'm just, you know, I've just got Jesus and that's all I need. Well, that's fine. You got Jesus, that's all you need. I'll take what was meant for you. I will take it because I've been poor and I've been rich. Rich is better than poor because... <laughs> Let me tell you what. I've come to know that he's a generous father. If I will do the system and work the system the way he set it up, I'm going to reap the blessings and the possessions of God. But you've got to do it God's way. That's See, right. that's why I labor in things like teaching you about giving. Oh, here it goes. Ooh. Teaching you about tithing. Even before giving, let's just talk about tithing. You're not a giver until you're a tither. Oh, and I hear, some, hey, I hear it. I hear it in the Spirit saying, oh, here he goes again, talking about giving, talking about money. I heard that. I heard that. But you see, this is why I labor, because I know if you will become obedient to doing what God has prescribed, you will reap the generosity of God into your life. Listen, listen. If God sets up the system that says, bring your tithes, bring your offerings, I'm gonna open up the windows of heaven and load you down with blessing, no good thing will I withhold for you if you bring your tithe and bring your offering, and I do it and get blessed, what makes you think that you don't have to do it and you should come up with the same blessing that... That would be unfair. Why do I have to be the tither and giver to reap the possessions of God and you don't? Do you ever think of it that way? That would be unfair of God. That's why God made it very, very simple and very fair. I'm going to bless you. You do it my way and you're going to reap the blessings of God. That's why the Bible is filled with giving and sowing and reaping and... And tithing and, and so on and so So I labor because I want you to experience the generous hand of God just like I've experienced the generous hand of God. Just like I have been blessed. I mean, I, I have to pinch myself sometimes of how blessing just keeps coming into my life. For all different ways. All different seasons. All different times and places. Blessing just comes. And I'm amazed. But you see, I've got to go back to this one thing. I've purposed to obey Him. See, let, let, me, let me, let me, let me. Are you getting anything out of this? Am I, am I helping anybody? Let, let me, let me say. Now you can do whatever you want with this. You know, nobody's going to put a gun to your head and make you do that. You can do whatever you want with the My responsibility is to give you the information. That's all I'm responsible to do is to give you the information, and then you make your choice based on the information that I give you. Right. But God has set the system up so that you give, and God will see to it that. It is given back to you. You know the verse we say at every beginning: "Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men pour into your bosom." And with the same measure that you use, and with the same measure that you use, see, everybody glosses over that. We like the, we like the, you know, pressed down, shaken together, running over part. But we don't, we jump, we get, we don't want the give part. We like the given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, men pour into your bosom. We don't want the give part, and we don't want the with the same with the same measure we use it'll be measured to you again and again. So, so the key to accessing the generosity of God is doing it by his system, doing it the way that he has prescribed, the way that he's outlined it. You tithe, anything above a tithe is an offering. Tithe is a 10% of your income to God. Some, some people say, I'm leaving this church right now. I don't want to. I told you, nobody's putting a gun to your head. You can do whatever. We don't say on Sunday uh, on Monday morning, and say, all right, who's a tither and who isn't? Let's go get those that are not tithing and turn them upside down and shake it out of their pockets. <laughs> Listen, you can do whatever you want. It's your life. It's your walk with God. I'm going to love you just the same. I'm going to be here for you just the same. I'm going to preach to you just the same. I'm not going to pin you. I'm not going to put a mark on your head and say tither or not tither tither or non-tither. Not-. No. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to see the results in your life. And when you come to me and say, Pastor, you know, you preached on generosity of God, but you know, that's not true for everybody. Oh, it ain't? I'll tell you, you're right. It's not true for everybody. It's only true for those who do it God's way. Yes. So if you're not reaping the possessions of God, if you're not, if you're not flowing, say, oh, that's putting condemnation. No, it's not putting condemnation. It's trying to instruct people and encourage people to get into obedience to God's word and God's ways because he is a generous father, but he's not going to shortcut the system for you. So if you obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Obeying the word of God, working the word of God, doing what the word of God has said. See, I'm, I'm, you know, people come to me and they say, you know, well, I've got financial problems, I've got these problems, and, and, you know, you have a counselor. Now, I understand sometimes people need counseling, but I want to tell you something. I'm not a big believer in counseling. I want to sit with somebody and just talk about old stuff that happened. I got to dig it up and relive it. And, who cares? I have three words for you that will save you a lot of money in this area. Three little words that will save you a lot of money, and you can go on a really good vacation with the money you save. Get over it. Now, I'm not discounting the fact that people have issues. We need breakthrough. You know where that breakthrough is going to come from? I don't believe it comes from a psychiatrist. I don't believe it comes from a psychologist. God could work through those things, most definitely. But I believe that breakthrough comes right from the Word of God. Not only hearing it, but putting it into practice in your life. That's where breakthrough comes from. That's how things are going to turn around and get better. That's what worked for me. My mind was screwed up. Yours too? I'm coming over here. Uh, <laughs> I, know. I know. I mean, my head was all screwed up, man. I don't know if I was coming or going inside out, so I had no idea what was going on. I mean, I look back and I shudder. I think, boy, you were, you were a sad case. But coming into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and His Word and being taught properly from the beginning that this Word was not just to be read and looked at, but this Word was to be obeyed. Right. When you do the Word and you start to fashion your life after the Word of God and sh- let the Word shape you, and you start doing what the word says. Then and only then would you begin to see. That was what I was taught. You would see things change and develop in your life. Well, I, I grabbed hold of that. And I've been doing that now for 35 years. And I say it again. Here's the proof. Here's the proof. Here's the proof. People say, "Well, you know, well, you're the pastor." And no, like I said, we we had a small church for a year. I, it was nothing. You know, I was struggling along for many years, just trying to, you know, obey God. But it was my faith working the principles, knowing my God. See, that's why it's important, because people who know their God will be strong and will carry a great exploit. If you don't know God, you're going to give up. I know. I said, God, I believe this stuff. I tithe when it was hard to tithe. I gave when it wasn't convenient to give. I, I mean, I just, I used giving as a way of sowing seed for things. One time I was going through something and I was, you know the story when we first opened up and people left and it was like all this commotion and crazy stuff and I felt so abandoned and, and uh, rejected and, and uh, they were having a, we were having a meeting at Dr. Barclay's and I felt the Spirit of God saying to me, you go over there and you honor, even though you don't feel honored, you go honor the man of God. And I wrote a check for $5,000. I took everything I had. I'm not telling you to do that. You know, you do it if God directs you. You do what God directs you to do. This is what God told me to do. I took everything in my, my savings account because people make me nervous. I say something like that and then they, well, I should take all of my money and give it to because that's good. No, if God tells you to do something, you do it. And I don't say these things to try to prompt some sort of response. I'm just trying to tell you my experience. You do what God leads you to do and you're going to be fine, all right? So I went and I wrote a check for $5,000 and, personally and i and i went there and they happened to ask me that day to to actually take the offering for him and i got up and i said this is a great opportunity i'm so grateful that i was asked to uh to take the offering because i'm going through a terrible warfare right now my life's a mess i and i told them a little bit of the story what was happening me. i felt disrespected people just abandoned me walked away rejected me um, i'm hurting i said but you know what I gave a scripture, and I said, I came here today. That I get, this is the scripture I gave. It's in Matthew. It says, whatever you want men to do to you, do to them also. So I said, I said, I'm practicing the word. I took all of the money out of my savings account, and I wrote a check here tonight for Doc, and I've got a check here, and I didn't tell him the amount. I said, but this is everything I've got in my savings account. And I'm so into his life because I'm doing unto him what's not being done to me right now, But what I would like being done to me. Do unto men as you would have them do unto you. And I said, it's on, and I taught about that verse, and it was on that scripture that I saw that. Do you know that it was a short period, short time after that? Just, I mean, I don't remember, to be honest, I don't remember the time frame, but I just know it was a short period of time, maybe a few months, something like that. Everything in this church flipped around. The house started to fill up, money started to come in. We were able to pay off our bills. We were able to, to you know, start to fill up the hole that, that we... And, and, and then you know that story when just a few years down the road later, uh, a very wealthy uh, man came in and, and uh, laid, uh, you know, all in all, almost $2 million on the church in the course of a year. And uh, totally unexpected. And boy, that was like, you know... I was like, God, you are a generous God, God, you are. But, but I had to do my part. I had to consist, be consistent with it. There are times in the, you know, am I boring you with this stuff? Are you, is this helpful in any way? I had to be consistent because that's what we're missing in the body of Christ—consistency. You see. So it's one thing to to know God, but when you really know Him, it's easy to be a tither because you know Him to be a generous God. Whatever I sow, I know I'm going to reap. Whatever I give, I know I'm gonna, it's going to come back on me. And um, so we talked about, wow, I really went off script, but that's all right, this is, this is good. So, so, you know, that's it. I've got to come to a conclusion. I only have a few minutes. But, um, so we know him to be a generous God. We, we, we know that he never changes or varies. That's another attribute of God. He's consistently the same. James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning, right? So we know that God is consistent. He can be trusted, he can be counted on just like the north star, the moon shows up every night. God will be there always for you and for me. One other thing here is that he shows no partiality. He shows no partiality. God, uh, and that simply means that he doesn't do for one without doing for another. He doesn't love one more than another. That's why I say it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter what color your skin is, it doesn't matter what your nationality is, God is, in, God is the one who's gonna work for you. It doesn't matter what people do the heck with people, you trust in the living God, God will jump you over a hundred people even if people are in your way. God will knock them all out of the way and say, this is my child, I show no partiality. What I'll do for one, I will do for another. How I bless one life, I'll bless another. If you do it his way. You've got to go back to doing the word of God. Is everybody with me? All right. So no partiality. And I just finished with this one, which was the one I really want to talk about today, but I can't do it. So I can only give you like two minutes of it. And that is that he is a rewarder. Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, I like to say, you diligently seek God, you diligently seek the rewarder, you're going to turn up with a reward. Amen. Which is another way to say blessing. Amen. You seek the rewarder, you're going to end up with a reward in your life. Diligently. Notice the word diligently is before, um, you know, or, or right after uh, the reward, he says. He is a rewarder, and then he says, he explains, of those who diligently seek him. You can't just half-seek God. I hear Bibles closing. Are you giving me a signal out there? Are you trying to tell me something? Too bad, I'm the pastor, I got the mic, and you are going to listen to me. Diligently, to seek out for oneself. See, you can't just... This is most Christians' experience. Come to church, pastor, preach me a good word, and go home, la, 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 don't even open your Bible all week. Blow the dust off. When we do that thing, we put up our Bibles, and we say, you know, in the beginning, make confession, you should, you should see the dust cloud that just comes up over your head. I can tell who's been in the Bible, and who I can just see the dust cloud over your head. To seek out for oneself, in other words, you've got to hunt, you've got to dig. God wants to be sought. People who know their God shall be strong. You know, God, God is a rewarder, but he wants to be sought. And when you seek the rewarder, you will reap rewards in your life. When you seek the one who gives, the reward, the reward will come. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And these things, these things, what things? These things. What are these things, Pastor Ray? Rent money. Car payment. Mortgage payment. These things, the things that you need for food, the new refrigerator, college tuition, for those of you that are sending kids, you seek God, and he said, these things will come after you because you're seeking him. Whatever it is that you need. He says, impossible to please him without faith, for he who comes to God must believe they exist, and he is the rewarder of those who diligently... I mean, that means I'm not, you know, I'm not up and down. I'm diligently seeking God. I, I, you know, I don't just do it when I feel right and feel good. I'm always seeking God. I'm always hunting for God because I, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking to know more about him and learn more about him and fall more in love with him every day, right? So he says, so it means to seek out for oneself, to search for, to seek after carefully and diligently. I like this word, to crave. Do you crave God? Or do you crave money more than God? Fame more than God? Prestige more than God? Notoriety more than God? Do you crave sports more than God? We got it mixed up. We wonder why we're not reaping the rewards of God. Because God wants to be diligently sought. Nothing comes before God. Did you hear what I said? Nothing. Not business, not family, not money, not fame, not profession oh, but you don't know. You don't. No, no. I mean, God is first. And when you crave God and seek God, you don't have to worry about your things because God's going to take care of your things. You put God first. So to crave, to worship, to seek Him out, to investigate or discover. You know Matthew's Gospel chapter 6 where he says, when you, you give, give, give in secret, what you do in secret, I'm going to reward you openly. When you pray, go pray in secret. you come out of that prayer time, I'm going to reward you openly. See, God wants to reward our lives. When we seek Him, when we do things in the right way, we will reap the rewards of heaven. Can I get a better amen than that?
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray.